How you doing? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Leather Helmet Fandom Podcast. Today, we'll be going over tight ends, everything about it, the old, the new, how tight ends should be viewed and how they shouldn't be viewed, and maybe some other stuff later on in the segment. But we got a special guest today, the 2020 Leather Helmet Fandom Fantasy Champion. Everyone knows already, Ryan Lawless. Let's hear it from him. Oh, you suck. He uh, destroyed Ian this year in both of our leagues, actually. Bro, ESPN. that was fucked up. I had, I had decent weeks in both, too. I had a really good week in one. Alvin Kamara, I thought you won it for me. I'm sorry, dude. I really um, you know, did not capitalize on your great performance. Speaking of tight ends, too, in fantasy, did either one of you guys have a top dog? I don't oh, think I you did, guys definitely. did. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, Waller. I had, I had Kittle. Yeah, I had Waller. All right, so you guys both had... I had Kittle, and I think Waller in the other league. Probably the top three tight ends, I would probably say, talent-wise this year. And you guys had them both, and you guys are both in the finals. So maybe it's just something about tight ends. Just saying. Let's start off with a question. Who's the most valuable, in your opinion, Ian? Who do you got? So this year, for their team, right? That's that's where we're going with this. Yeah. For their team this year. Uh, so I think... Um, Everyone would kind of agree it's one guy, but I'm actually not going to agree on that. I'm going to go with Darren Waller. That team is lacking weapons uh, big time, and Darren Waller really stepped up and became a weapon that Derek Carr needed for the Raiders. They don't have much offensively outside of Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller was the main uh, receiver for that team. So I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Does a little bit of everything. He can block too pretty decently. And he was just uh, like an elite receiver for Derek Carr this year. Yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, Waller's definitely, they're kind of like their wide receiver in a sense because they don't really have that much talent. But I got personally, I don't know how to say it, Geski? Geski? Yeah. Geski. On the Dolphins. Um, I think he's a very big uh, touchdown-dependent target. And anytime they get into the red zone, like defenses automatically start looking towards him just because he's such a big threat. And he also has the hands as well. And that's another team that doesn't really have that much talent um, offensive-wise, especially with running back. I, you could debate that uh, Raiders actually has a better crew uh, for their weapons as far as like running back. Um, and as far as receivers, because Aguilar he hasn't really looked great, but I mean he's done enough to the point where he can he can say he's a weapon that can be a threat, especially in the uh, deep passing and the red zone because he has caught a lot of uh, touchdowns this year. But overall, I just think the Dol- without Geski or whatever his name is, I just Gaseki. Gaseki, I can't see the Dolphins really doing much uh, offensively as far as scoring points without him because he does have a lot of touchdowns this year. So that's who my pick's going to be. So far, stats real quick, though, for Gusecki. Uh, 650 yards so far, six touchdowns. Um, Definitely nothing super crazy, but for a team that does not have a lot of offensive uh, weapons, another team that is lacking in that department, not bad at all. Ryan, who do you got? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to actually go a different route than you two. Caleb, honestly, I think this is probably the one time where you you should have stuck to your guns and, and who your who your boy is. I don't know how you could not say Kelsey is the most impactful tight end in the league uh, because on the on that 
I agree with what you guys are saying, right? It's like, you know, Gasicki, there's not really many weapons. So it's like, hey, we need a weapon. Same thing with Waller, right? <clears throat> um, but on the, on the contrary, to be on a team with so many weapons and all that stuff, and to still, like, I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure now, Diggs might actually top them, but pretty sure Kelsey was leading the league in receiving yards or something yeah, for a while, uh, which is just absolutely insane considering the weapons they have on that team, um, that he's, like, still that much of a factor with, you know, one, two, three, and four receiver being good, and they have, like, two starting running backs, basically. Um, also, too, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know about the, the Raider culture. Uh, Waller was a stud for fantasy, um, but I, I do know that Kelsey definitely plays, like, a big impact on, like, the culture inside the Chiefs stadium. You know what I mean? Like, the whole team. Like, he definitely adds more uh, away from his skill, which is already the best. So, I think in terms of, like, most impactful wires or tight end on the team, it's got to be Kelsey. Yeah, the only thing on Kelsey is that he's so impactful, and yes, he he's a big impact on his team. He's just the reason he's so impactful is because you have so much weapons around him, and then he's kind of like the the slot kind of dude. And usually, the slot dude in offenses that are stacked usually get most of the workload and the shine. Um, same thing with Rams. What was it 2018? I think it was where they had like three great wide receivers. And the one guy that stood out the most was Woods because he was the slot guy. Um, so right. most tight ends are usually the slot guys. Most tight ends are usually the touchdown-dependent guys because they're taller, the bigger. They can go up for the ball and just make their way to the uh, touchdown just by Bruce. Uh, so technically, I think it's just straight up. It's because the weapons around him that he is so valuable to the team. But, like, the thing is, like, I can just see him being plugged and played in almost any team and doing amazing. So I guess you kind of can say he is very valuable. It's just more or less that the weapons that are around him, if you take out Kelsey and you replace him with some lower tier guy, I think he can do just enough. Not even just enough. He can. I don't think he could do what Kelsey can do, um, no doubt in my mind, but I think he can do enough where it should be good enough for the tight end to actually move down the field and actually get touchdowns and stuff like say if you plugged in Waller with Kelsey I think he's gonna put up the exact not the exact same points but pretty much um top two I would say tight end wise or same thing with Andrews or even uh who's another one uh, you're, you're plugging in some of the best tight ends in the league and even I mean, Ingram I could see Ingram being plugged in uh with Kelsey Ingram and still has an insane talent I mean he is a tight uh pro bowler this year for some reason I don't really know he didn't I could see Hawkinson Hawkinson get plugged in uh they with do Kelsey all right and do, but they're not putting up what is what has he got 1500 yards this year uh those, those guys might end up with like 1400 yeah th- those guys might end up with like five to seven hundred but Travis Kelsey is a different beast um and has been for a little while now my whole argument, well, I, I can't, I'm not going to argue against that. He can easily be the most valuable tight end this year to his team. The only thing I would argue is without Travis Kelsey, I feel like that team now becomes like a uh, 12 or 13 win team instead of maybe a 15 win team, which like isn't that big of a loss, but it kind of is if you, if you could carry your team to an extra two wins. That, that's right. pretty incredible. And if you take away Waller, most likely the Raiders are just gonna be dog shit. Yeah, they'd probably lose a lot more games than that. That that that's my whole argument with, you know, how uh, valuable they are to the team. But here's my next question to everyone. Um, 
So these tight ends, how are they needed? Do you need to have a great tight end on your team? Do you need to have an elite tight end to be an elite team in this league? What's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, you can go first, Ryan. Uh, I mean, definitely. I think what like the most important position on any team is without a question quarterback. Um, receivers, you know, we've talked funny. I know, you know, away from this podcast, we've talked a bunch about how you know running backs are pretty replaceable. Um, wide receivers, as long as you know you can, you know, scheme up plays and you have a good coach. Most of the time, you can be out coached. Like for instance, a great example, I think like the Rams, right? Uh, Goff really isn't anything special but they got some good receivers that McVay just puts to work and is, is able to get them the ball. Um, tight end, I think. I mean, yeah, why not? You know, tight end is a super unique position. You know, you not only do you have to be a freak of nature to compete, right? It's usually the biggest receiver on the field is your tight end. Um, you need to be able to block. You need to be able to, you know, be involved in not only like blocking, yeah, like blocking on the run, blocking on the pass, uh, more, definitely more than a receiver's needed. So you're definitely like, you know, just a, being a better overall player uh, in terms of like impactful stuff, you know, we didn't really talk about Kittle because he was hurt all year. That probably played a role, but like he is someone who's like a complete psychopath on the field. Who is not only going to enjoy pancaking people, but he's going to catch the ball. He's going to do what is needed to, to, you know, to make things happen. Um, so I'd say, yeah, you know, tight ends having, you know, I mean, t- take a look at fantasy too, right? You know, if you have, if you, if you can lock up a tight end, a top tight end, who's putting up close to 20 points a week, uh, you're guaranteed to win a lot more games than lose. Yeah, I mean, I had Kelsey my entire existence of fantasy, and I've been top three my exi- entire existence of fantasy. So, kind of says uh, one or two things about Kelsey himself. But I think just tight ends in general. I mean, they do. They're kind of like running backs now, as far as doing multiple things. Like running backs back in the day is just straight up just run the ball, get the ball down the field, move. Now running backs have to pass block. They have to run. They have to do screen passes. They have to uh, go down the field, sometimes go out wide as a wide receiver and actually play a wide receiver position. Same thing with uh, tight ends. So I feel like it's actually harder for them because, one, they have to pass block sometimes. Then they have to run block sometimes. Then they have to catch the ball, uh, do slot, go out wide. Basically any position they're basically doing other than snapping the ball and not, sometimes they even throw the ball, to be honest. But most of the time, they usually don't snap the ball or throw the ball. But they do so much, and they're so versatile, that if you do have an elite tight end that can do all that stuff, um, then it's definitely someone you want to lock up uh, to have as a franchise tight end and move forward. I, I just think they're so valuable, and that's why I pick usually a tight end every single year in the first or second round. But what do you think about that, Ian? All right. Uh, I've been thinking about this whole this whole time too. It's it's really rough for me to say because overall the position, do you need a tight end? I think the easy answer to give is no, because there are about three or four tight ends that are actually worthy of that like title of being yes, that you need a tight end like that. Like those are the three or four guys that you can get. So Drafting tight ends, um, free agent tight ends, trying to get one of those tight ends, it's really hard to do. It's hard to predict which guys will be those three or four elite tight ends that can block and catch the ball at an elite level. It's hard to find them. So in my mind, do you need a tight end to be a good team or anything like that? I'm going to go no, but if you could get your hands on one of these elite tight ends, if you could draft one, there's a tight end coming up, you need to go after them. 
if you could get a Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or Kittle, that makes your team so much better. Now, the second tier of tight ends where you go into, I don't even know, there's a bunch of guys you could put there, I guess, like Ertz, Goddard, Hunter Henry, um, Gusecki, uh, Hutchinson. Those guys, I, I, you know, they're replaceable. You, you put a guy of the third tier tight end, the, the tier below them, they maybe get 100 or 200 yards less a year, which, come on, that, that's you can replace that. You're not going to. That's not going to kill your team to replace a guy like that. So overall, my answer is: Do you need a tight end? Are they worth it? I'm going to go with no. But you need a great one if you want to be a world champ. No, I I don't agree with that. You could so so only three or four teams can be world champ. Like the this can win a Super Bowl. Not in my mind. It, it helps your team out a lot, and it just so happens that a lot of these awesome tight ends belong on pretty good teams, um, or at least like solid teams. Like like you said, Waller's one of them, and Kittle's one of them, and both those teams weren't very good this year. 49ers will be good when they're Kel- healthy. Well, they'll be all right. I still don't think they're a Super Bowl team, to be honest, unless that defense gets into shape. But Kittle, I mean, Kelsey is the only one who has a real shot at winning a Super Bowl this year, and that's because of the quarterback. He got fortunate to be paired with a quarterback like that. But this is going to be my next question for everyone. We're talking about these tight ends. Uh, as an Eagles fan, I kind of have my own answer on this too. Um, if you have an elite tight end, wh- does that make up for a bad wide receiver core? And I, I guess I'll start with Caleb on this uh, one. What do you got on that? It really just depends on how bad your wide receiver core is. Um, I think if you do plug a talented enough tight end as far as also being able to run block, if they can't run block and they're strictly just there to catch the ball, then no, I don't think it makes up for it. You still have to have the tight end um, being able to run block and sometimes even pass block depending on um, how many wide receivers you actually do have. But if you just take away the wide – if you just replace a wide receiver with a tight end, basically you're putting out a wide receiver, which means you don't have a tight end, but you do have a tight end in the field. He's just kind of doing the wide receiver position or the wide wide receiver role – so, in a sense, I don't think replacing uh, a wide receiver or even just replacing one person or maybe even two people for a great tight end, I don't think it's really worth it because you still have to have someone that's going to block. Um, every single team gets 11 people on the field, regardless of what you do with it. That's your choice. Um, so, I think it really just comes down to the team and how you kind of run your offense more. But if you're more of a passing offense and you know your QB is very mobile, then I would say, yes, make a tight end. Uh, a tight end can replace a wide receiver, a bad wide receiver core, just because tight ends, like I said, are so big and they can get the touchdowns and they can jump really high, not jump really high, but they're already tall enough so they can go up and grab it and come down with it. And then they can also just run block if you want to do run plays. So, if your quarterback is very mobile, I would say it can help with a bad wide receiver core. But if your quarterback isn't really mobile at all, I think it's to try to replace how bad your wide receivers are for with a tight end. It's not really going to do much at all because you're kind of just taking uh, a good tight end, putting in a wide receiver position, and then you're basically having no tight end. Or if you do have a tight end, then it's usually a shittier one because you're using that great one. 
But it, it all just depends on the tight end and how you run uh, scheme your offense for sure. All right, Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the, the question was like, can can a good tight end make up for a shitty receiver core, right? Exactly. It's like, for example, say a wide receiver core is bottom five in the NFL and you put in like a Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey type, type of deal. Right. Yeah, so I, I mean, definitely not. I think, uh, speaking of Waller, I think that's a perfect example of this year of how that's not the case. Uh, you know, like, Waller was a great fantasy tight end, but at the end of the day, Raiders are not even a playoff team. Uh, and the receivers, I mean, as, as Philadelphia fans, there's some of us, the, uh, definitely know about Aguilar and how if your number one wide receiver on your team is Nelson Aguilar, then, uh, it's not, it's not going to be the best wide receiver core for sure. So that, I mean, I think that's a great example of how it doesn't make up for it. Um, but on the contrary, I do think like, kind of like what I was talking about Kelsey, that like, regardless of position, right? Tight end is, tight end is a real unique spot, but if, if you have someone on the team that is such an X factor that going into the week, the other team's defense has to plan specifically for them. Like, you know, another one we didn't mention, I think probably because he's been out of the league a little bit, but, like, talk about the Patriots and Gronk. Like, dude, if you have, you know, a player where when you go into the game, you have to, like, sometimes you have to, like, you can't match him up with a linebacker. You have to double cover a tight end. That's insane. That's Mm -hmm. insane. You know, not only does that throw such a wrench in, like, the defense's plan, but that could, like, open it. That's when you know you can have, like, receivers that wouldn't usually flourish, flourish. Um, real quick, too, like, Belichick was talking, you know, there's a quote I saw the other day about uh, when Belichick plays Odell, or he was playing Odell, and he said, like, said, oh, you know, every time I play, you know, he's like, good luck out there. Like, you're not going to see much over there. You know what I mean? Because Odell is such a factor. He knows going into the week that we need to be double covering this guy or whatever the situation is, he's going to be shut down. So, like, if you have a tight end who is a mismatch on a linebacker and then a size mismatch on a corner, you can cause all kinds of issues. Uh, and I think Gronk's a good example of that too, for sure. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you just said. So my point here is it depends on the wide receivers. I mean, you, you still need, like you just said, the Raiders are a great example. There's not a number one on that team at all, not even anything close to a number one wide receiver. So I think it's almost like if you have a number one wide receiver, a good or great tight end could be your number two wide receiver but they can't be like your main number one wide receiver because in my opinion, everyone said this with the Eagles. Well, you have Ertz and you have Goddard. Those should be your wide receivers and your other wide receivers can do. See, the thing is though, tight ends are really good at picking up five yards, 10 yards, up to like 20 yard plays. There's not a lot of tight ends who have 50, 60 yard plays all the time or whatever, like big plays that tight ends do not usually produce big plays. They, they are, kind of. Yeah. They, and if they do, they usually aren't really a blocker either. It's usually like they catch the ball, and then maybe after the catch, they get a bunch of yardage. They break a tackler too, and that's how they get their big plays. But you're not having people, you're not, Titans don't expand the field. Wide receivers expand the field. When you have a good wide receiver, um, safeties are playing back more and this and that. So it's easier on the quarterback to throw the ball. Um, it, when you have bad wide receivers and just a great tight end who can get open, that's fine. But now everyone is playing like in a 20-yard box. Hey, nobody is scary enough to run past me or do this and that because it doesn't matter how big and, and strong you are. You know, It doesn't always mean that you're going to come up with those 50-50 balls. So in my opinion, it, a tight end, a great tight end, helps make up for a bad wide receiver core. 
but it definitely doesn't fix your situation at all. You still need wide receivers. Wide receivers are there to catch the ball. Tight ends, that's only half of their job. They need You need to be able to block. Before we move on our fast, Ryan, were you saying um, the matchup as far as, like, uh, not there isn't a – a lot of stuff that you could match up, like if you have a linebacker or a corner or whatever. I think that's where a lot of these teams are going to start slowly drafting players that can actually match up with tight ends that are like Travis Kelsey, like Darren Waller, um, just people that can move actually because we all know Kelsey and Waller can get down the field. Even Kittle can get down the field and beat you one-on-one over the head or even in a slot, like, it doesn't matter where they go. They can beat you wherever it is. So I think they're going to start drafting for, like, uh, defensive players that can actually stop people like that. It's usually just a corner, and the corner is really just, like, fast but can't catch. So then they're stuck at corner position, and then they can just keep up with their wide receivers. But then when you stick a tight end on it, he's going up, and he's really just manhandling the shit out of them. So I, I think in the future I could definitely see teams start drafting more of, like, a, a nickel-type deal. Um where they're just either uh, watching the slot or watching the quarterback, and then sometimes they'll pick up the tight end as well. I think more and more as the years go on with how pass-happy this league is getting, I think tight ends are going to be used more and more and more and more as wide receivers, and I think they're just going to change up the defenses as far as like getting tougher, bigger guys that can also be fast as well to match up with them. So that's just my thought on it. What were you going to say? Anything on that, Ryan? Uh, what Caleb just said? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like still the same thing, dude. I think the, like, if you have a special tight end, right, like, uh, you're, I think, like, like the body type, right? You know, you're talking about, like, Kelsey's, like, what, like, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six or something? You're talking about, like, someone who's just, like, a super freak athlete. Like, it's just, you, you just can't do much about it. So, like, yeah, unless you have some other, like, super freak coverage linebacker coming at, you know, like, I don't know, uh, not really too too well kept on my like defensive players but like someone like Keekley who like I know he was a great like mind on the field I know he retired or whatever but like I think like it takes for someone to be one-on-one it needs to be like a, a you know like a safety like maybe like Jamal Adams someone who can like cover like someone who has size and can do both uh otherwise you have to double cover them and then if not you know like the only other way to take them out of the game is is to to do other things you know like if you're if your defense can get pressure on the quarterback well now you kind of eliminate all the threats down the field so I think that like it, it, the tight end is such an X factor because if they're just a dominant athlete, there's really not much you can do about them individually. You have to like do things to, to eliminate them like from becoming a target because you're not going to be able to beat them one-on-one. So you need to like create solutions other places by like, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, make Mahomes run around and have to throw a bomb to Tyree Kill so he can't hit Kelsey every play, like shit like that. Because I think I, I, it's just, just, from an athletic standpoint, you just can't do anything. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Right, like, and it's not like you, know? you can draft a tight end as a corner. Like, it's not going to happen. No one's going to draft, like, a, a size that's, like, um, the size of Kelsey or the size of Wall or someone like that. Like, they're just right. not going to draft that size, that built-type person in the corner. And I think that's where, like, later in the years, as the years go on, I think they're going to start drafting, like, more aggressive dudes that, like, even though they're small, like, they will fucking hit you and just put you on your ass and knock you out no matter what your size is. We're seeing more and more tight ends like uh, Kelsey get drafted that are turning into wide receivers that are just, like, huge built weapons, and you can't really stop them if they're actually, like, decent with their hands. So, I don't know, like, 
as far as it should go forward, I just see them drafting a lot more people with like aggressive aggressiveness and just like more I don't want to say grit, but like no fear basically. Like no matter how big you are and how uh how small you are personally or how big someone else is, like you just go after the dude and you make sure you get the play done. Simple as that. Yeah, my whole thing on that though is there is a reason why people don't draft people like that already. It's because it's just so hard to find them. Um, if you could find a big, fast, gritty, hard-hitting guy. I don't say I mean, big. Well, then, listen, it's still a mismatch anytime you look at it, though, because, you know, you still put out uh, Kittle or they'll still be able to go up and grab balls over those guys. So it's always going to be a mismatch. Um Will will they sometimes those smaller guys who are gritty and willing to get on the line and hand fight with them all the time? They'll probably have good games against them sometimes, but when those tight ends are on and able to go up catch those fifty fifty balls like Gronk's always been able to do within his career, a prime time Gronk is almost uncoverable, no matter who you put on him because he was fast enough to get past linebackers and shit, big guys but also able to go over the top of just about any cornerback who was fast enough to cover him or any any guy like that and catch those 50-50 balls. So I get what you're saying. Um, draft maybe a little bit bigger, if not bigger, at least get a guy who is confident and aggressive and going to play that guy hard as shit. But these tight ends, they're, they're di- whole, a whole different breed at this point. Big, fast, strong, this and that. So I think this will carry us over into the next segment of Top tight ends of all time. And I want to give you maybe my my list and see if you guys want to adjust that or put a different guy in there or do whatever you guys want to it. So here's my list. Top five tight ends of all time as of now. One, Tony Gonzalez. This guy was a legend. He played forever. One of the best tight ends of all time. Move on to number two, Rob Gronkowski. I don't know how much I really have to say about this, but he was just awesome. I don't know if anyone had a better prime to their career than Rob Gronkowski. He was able to do everything, 50-50 balls. He was putting up 15, 14, 1,300 yards a year. He was insane, catching touchdown passes like nobody else. Then I'm going to go move on to Antonio Gates. I feel like Antonio Gates was underappreciated for his time. Um, I guess because he was in the era of Tony Gonzalez and a little bit in the Rob Gronkowski era where – he was doing everything. He was catching balls. He was running around. And plus, he was on the charter, so he never got that championship and never had a super elite quarterback with uh, quarterback chargers. Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Rivers. Yeah, like never elite, but good quarterback in Philip Rivers. And this is one that I don't know if it'll surprise you two, but it might surprise a lot of other people. Travis Kelsey at number four. He is still pretty early into his career, and I think a big part of being – one of the best Titans ever is having a longevity and, you know, being healthy and all this and that. So I put Travis Kelsey there just because he's doing things that the NFL has now never seen before. He has 1,400 and some yards this year, I believe. Um, catching balls, uh, he's over 100 receptions this year. He is going wild right now, and if he can man- maintain that for another few years, he could probably even move up on this list. Last but not least, Jason Kelsey. I mean, that this guy... Has Jason been, Kelsey? Yeah, uh, uh, Jason Wynn. My bad. Okay, okay, <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Ryan. That's that's why I bring Ryan on, guys. He uh, helps us out here. <laughs> but, yeah, Jason Wynn, Cowboys, uh, 
he was awesome forever. He was never a big play guy, but if you needed a first down, fourth and one, you're throwing it to Jason Wynn, fourth and three. He was so dependable. He ran routes better than maybe any tight end ever. Uh, he was pretty much slow as shit throughout his whole career, but he just found the gaps, knew where, to, like, just ran the route perfect every single play, and he was so dependable, good hands, and one still of the best. It. Yeah, still doing it. Um, one of the better blockers ever in the NFL as a tight end. And just quick honorable mention, so you guys have them out there. Shannon Sharp won multiple championships, bunch of yardage. Um, he, he's in a lot of people's top five tight ends list. I don't have him there. Maybe it's because I didn't get to watch him as much as I would have liked to, but he's at right outside. And then last but not least, Kellen Winslow, a uh, great tight end, but just another guy right outside of my top five. So what do you guys think? Um, either one of you, would you switch it up? Would you remove someone, put someone in? What do you guys got? Uh, I don't think I would move anyone, to be honest. I mean, the only other person. It was I pretty could, solid list. Yeah, the only person I could really say is, like, placing-wise, I would still say they're all top five, but I really think Travis Kelsey will probably be top three um, by the end of his career just because he's with Mahomes now. And he could possibly even be, like, top two, top one, depending on how crazy of a finish he has. I mean, how late, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, but he's had his best year, and I'm pretty sure it's been like at least six, maybe seven I now. I say like eight. Yeah, and he's had his best career like this year, so that says a lot about how he's going to be going moving forward, especially since Mahomes is so young, especially since that offense is moving year after year, and he just gets like so many targets. So honestly, like I could see him on being uh, at four right now, but I think in the future, just like I think Austin Mahomes will finish as the greatest quarterback of all time, as long as he doesn't have some crazy career-ending injury. Um, I think Travis Kelsey will also either finish top two or top one as the greatest uh, tight end in history because even, I mean, I don't really know back then how great of wide receivers they, not wide receiver, but catching um, the ball, receiving it actually they were. But all all we know is that Travis Kelsey does everything. Like he's he's not a bad uh, run blocker. He's not a bad pass blocker. He can do it all, and he's very 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 talented with his hands. And he gets touchdowns like crazy. He's always open. He's even if he's not open, he's double teamed. He's still getting that damn ball nonstop. So like pairing him up with Mahomes and the team he's on, he's set for greatness, no doubt in my mind. So as far as any moving anyone else at the top five or moving someone else in, no. But I could easily debate or have someone uh, give a reason to debate that Kelsey should be moving up at least in the next coming years, especially if he wins his second Super Bowl this year. If he wins his second Super Bowl, and the only reason Gronk's there, not because he's had so many Super Bowls, but he's he's been so good and he's been on such an elite team, let's be honest. If mm-hmm. he didn't win all his Super Bowls, it, it probably would be like an Antonio Gates-type deal or even like a Jason Witten type deal. It's just the fact that he's been on such an elite team too. But if you if you gave Travis Kelsey as many rings as Rob Rob has, there's no doubt in my mind people are going to pick Travis over Rob uh Gronk, uh, Gronkowski because <laughs> he's just way more talented in everything he does. Um I don't know about run block cuz Rob was actually pretty damn good. Red but. zone I still might give it to Gronk. He was literally I just remember watching, dude. You threw a 50-50 ball up, and he was just grabbing it. Like, he was doing I mean, insane so is Kelsey, shit. though. That's the thing. Kelsey's good at it, but Gronk was, like, at the other level. 
But you were asking how long Travis Kelsey was in the league for. So if you want to compare, uh, Travis Kelsey has been in the league for seven years now, and Tony Gonzalez, who was in the league for 17 years. Now, here's the one difference there. Obviously, big difference, 10 years. Um, It was also different eras, so it wasn't as pass-happy as it is now. So Tony Gonzalez's numbers aren't as, you know, inflated as Travis Kelsey's are. I would I'm gonna use the word inflated because I think if you put like a Tony Gonzalez on the team now with like uh the Chiefs and, and fucking all their weapons like he might be doing similar stuff. But Tony Gonzalez wasn't um like elite to start out his career. Those numbers eventually came and you know, Tony Gonzalez never had a fourteen hundred receiving yard year. He actually only had four seasons above a thousand yards receiving. He was he was always close. He was always around eight, nine, seven hundred yards. So he's close to that, but he didn't have the thousand yard seasons like Travis Kelsey is probably expected to have. Uh, Ryan, what do you what do you got on this? Oh yeah, no, I actually uh, on the same boat. I pulled up the list of like just all time, you know, like most yards I had in all time. Um, three, four out of the five that were in your top five are a part of this four. It goes Gonzalez, Witten. Uh, Gates and then Sharp and then number five is actually Greg Olson interesting enough but uh, the um, I think yeah you look at Kelsey's numbers right so he's played like you said it was like 7 or 17 years um, Kelsey is a little bit more than half uh, he's at 7,800 and Gonzalez at 15, was at 15,100 so he's a little bit more than half right now you know who's to know what's going to happen over the next 10 years Yeah, it's a uh, hard I think a lot decide. plays into that <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot plays in that for, I mean, even away from the football world, I think a lot plays in that. Like, you're like, we have, it's a more pass heavy league. I think uh, people are getting paid a lot more. You know, as you get older, you might have less incentive to play 17 years as a tight end. So, uh, if you're already, you know what I mean? If you're already cashing out and stuff like that. So, um, I think Kelsey's definitely on pace. I mean, I mean, he's legitimately on pace to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for will it happen? I mean, who knows? I mean, Mahomes is also like on pace to do crazy things too, but you got to wait till. Wait and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, your top five list was great. Um, I think – I mean, if I'm looking at these stats, I think Gronk's a better tight end than Olsen was. Um, and that's the only person that's, like, I mean, literally not in the top five. So, so Some of these names that are up here, you'd be surprised. Here's actually, actually a question – sorry to cut you off. My bad. But just question-wise, uh, Gates versus Witten. Do you agree that Gates is the better one? Because I, I, I had some uh, – Talent, yeah. I had a hard time actually deciding that. Definitely talent-wise and – yeah, Towards the end of definitely. both careers, um, I think Wenton fell off a lot harder than Gates did, in my opinion. Towards I mean, the, the end of it, at least. Yeah, like a, a per game, per season, Gates had better stats. Uh, Wenton played, so far, he's played 34 more games, and he has a little bit more than 1,000 more yards than him. Uh, I think Gates is definitely the, the better talent. Uh, I mean, that was back in the, what, when they had him and LT? Basically, the only the only thing working on that team. Mm-hmm. Chargers never really had anything else going. Uh, whereas Jason Witten, although it's the Cowboys, screw the Cowboys, but uh, they, you know, he was he was like a like prominent force always in a team that was like you know, I mean that was weird. It's, it's weird that the Cowboys weren't really ever good while he was <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, they weren't like a, they weren't a Super Bowl team, but uh, he was always there making clutch plays and stuff, and he still is. So you know. I think Gates is probably the better talent, but longevity, I mean, Witten's still around getting it done, so you can't hate on that. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, Antonio Gates didn't, like, if you take away, obviously if you take away both of them, both of those teams are going to look really bad. 
But I think Gates really made the Chargers, him and Phillip Rivers. I think Gates even kind of made Phillip Rivers. Um, it was like towards the beginning of his career. And Gates was just very, very well known around the league. And there really wasn't, other than I think Gronk was around his time, and that's pretty much about it. Um, was, hey, Shannon Sharp, was Shannon Sharp there? Shannon Sharp was no, before. Yeah, but Gonzalez was like, like maybe, his maybe. end of his career. Gonzalez Sharp might like have been there. around Gates. like around that. Yeah. Thanks. But yeah, either way, I think Gates did a lot more for his team, and I, I just think he stood out more as like a uh, a player because then you also look at Cowboys and they had um, Tio for a little bit with Winton on it, and then you also had uh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant was was the quarterback. Why did I say Romo? Marino? Yeah, Romo. San Marino. Hey. <laughs> um, but um, that would have been something. Yeah, that would have. But old ass Marino. On that I just team. think there was a lot more to that team than uh, there was the Chargers. I think Chargers Gates played a huge role in uh, their success for sure. So that's just my thought on it. Anyway, let's move on to um, does a tight end do more blocking nowadays or more just receiving? And if you think they do one or the other, do you think they should have to do? more of the other one. Um, so if, say, Kelsey caught the ball a thousand times, a thousand times, let's say a hundred times would be a little bit realistic, <laughs> caught a ball a hundred times, <clears throat> do you think he should have to learn how to, or not learn, but do you think he should block more and run the ball more, or do you think they should just stick to what is the motto nowadays, or do you think, like, what, what's your thoughts on it? So I'm going to take that question as pretty much be like, um, so do they, okay. So first off to be an elite tight end, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, you need to be able to block and obviously you, you got to play to a tight ends abilities. You know, you're not going to make a passing tight end or receiving tight end block all the time. So definitely play to whatever they're good at. But in my opinion, elite tight end, needs to be able to go out, catch the ball, doing this and that. But it's almost equally as important that he needs to be able to block. You're a big body. You're you're strong. You're this and that. Right. You so need to you... be able to do the, you know, gritty shit, get, get in between, get around the tackles, block, because that makes your team better when you do that. So as far as a tight end that catches the ball, let's start with that first. They, they receive the ball more than they pass block or run block and they just can't block in general, do you think they need to start working on actually learning how to do that, or do you think that they should just stick strictly to that, and that is that is what it is, and just move on and hopefully win a Super Bowl like that? Because I think, in my eyes personally, I truly think that if you have a tight end that is strictly just wide receiver, or at least um, receiving balls and not really blocking, then I don't think you're really going to, like, be much other than maybe like have one great year or something like that. But like, for example, like Zach Ertz, I would rather take Kelsey any day. Obviously, it's this is a given. Yeah, we don't compare it that over that. I'd rather take Goddard than Ertz, dude. Right, but let's say let's say when he won the Super Bowl, right, two thousand eighteen, right, nineteen, seventeen, 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 yeah, two thousand seventeen. He, him, and Kelsey were like the top two dogs, tight ends that year. Um, and obviously they both got huge target shares on their team, but it's more or less like at the, obviously the Eagles won the Super Bowl too, but it's like, who would you rather have on your team? Kelsey or um, Ertz at that time? And I remember how 
I was debated with Ian. I was like, nah, dude, Kelsey's still the best this year. And he's like, nah, Ertz is still the best. I don't and think I fucking argued Ertz as being the best. No, you said league. he was the best. I promise <laughs> you. I'm fairly sure I never You're just said saying Ertz that now because Ertz took best. a huge drop off. I know I never said Ertz was the best in the league. I may have said he was the best receiving tight end in the league. I could have said that. But that did not mean I thought Ertz was the best tight end. He said something ever. as far Never as did I have better than Kelsey. That's all I know. And I was like, there's no there's no way shot in hell that he's better than Kelsey. And I was like, I'd rather take Kelsey any day strictly because he uh, run blocks a lot better. Yeah, than I could have saw myself saying maybe receiving. But at but even Kel- then, Kelsey's Ertz, still better. Probably, honestly, looking back, he probably was. Maybe that was a little Eagles bias. But Ertz has always blown up blocking to a, a crazy extent. You're on your Super Bowl high. That's what you're on. <laughs> so Ryan, like, uh, what, what do you think, bro? With this, uh, dude, I, think, this I mean, look, I, I I don't know, man. I think like my my theory on that is, is kind of like it's kind of like when they bring you know when you, when you bring like your third down back into the, into the backfield or, or you, you know, you bring your second or third string running back in. Like, look, if you, if you have a talent like Kelsey, like whether he's good enough to block or not, if he's catching touchdowns, dude's catching touchdowns for you. If you, if you are able to bring in like your second string tight end, who is just as viable to block and like do the other things that you need to do. I don't really think it matters too much. Like, obviously you want a player who can do literally everything. Like, I love the clip of George Kittle pancaking that dude in the end zone and laughing while he's doing it. It's probably, like, one of my favorite things ever. But at the same time, like, that that's just him, right? You know, if 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 you have, like, a person, like, I, I don't really think Waller is that good of a blocker. Um, like, I'm pretty he's, sure he's, he's all right. Uh, if you want to point okay. out bad blocker, you'd probably look at um, Mark Andrews. Or we could just say Ertz, since we he's, already said it. Well, <laughs> Ertz hasn't even – Caught a ball this year, I feel like so right. he doesn't even count anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. go to Mark Andrews. He is a guy who catches a bunch of balls. Is a great receiving tight end, right? But blocking right. wise, not really too good at good at it. So. All right, and it's like it's like doesn't it matter? Like, is it affecting your team too much? Like that's a, that's another great example of a team. Like their whole, I mean that and that team it might matter more, right? Because their team is built around like power run with like mm-hmm. two three tight ends and like three running backs in the field with a quarterback who's the best running back on the field too. So it's like it's a really weird combination of players. So maybe it matters more there. Uh, on the, on the Chiefs, I don't really know how relevant it's going to be when you have Mahomes who can do 720s in the backfield and throw a bomb for such like, it's, it, it, I, I just, I don't know. I think like, obviously you want your player to be able to do everything, but uh, if, if your tight end is outrunning people, outcatching people, outscoring, and their weakness is run blocking, then guess what? You bring the second string guy in who's better at run blocking when you want to run the ball. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. See, I was going to bring up the point as well as um, you could bring in. It's a lot easier to find a tight end that could block. It's not a hard thing to find a big body guy who can block. They probably just won't be able to catch the ball at that point. But I love the fact that you brought up, actually, because I didn't think about it like this, the whole third um, down running back. Because that kind of is exactly what it is. But because, you know, obvious running situation, who cares? Bring in the big tight end who can block. You don't need the receiving tight end and this and that. The only thing that I argue against that is, um, you know, it's it makes your offense a lot more predictable at that point. Yes, that's what you I know, want to say. You, you always want your elite tight end to be on the field. And it sucks to be like, well, it's third or it's second and five. And this is a passing and running down. You could do whatever you want here. And... If we run the ball now, we have to have a, a unreliable tight end in 
because we don't want to make it obvious that we're going to run the ball. You know what I mean there? So even yeah. even the, the thought of like say with uh, uh KC, they have so many offensive plays written up and they're all just wild as fuck. If you have Kelsey pulling from the right to the left, you don't know if they're going to fucking run the ball or if he's going to like catch a ball through the front and then just run off and uh do a hitch to the left or if he's going to uh pass uh run block to the left like you have no clue what the fuck is is going on when Kelsey's making moves on the line there you have not one single clue once he gets off and he actually makes that motion so like if you have uh, let's say a, a second back uh, a backup tight end like Ryan was saying and you just throw him in there you know he's not going to do what Kelsey's doing so you know he's fucking in there for running so like you said it's predictable so that's where i think in my eyes it's like I mean, it's just uh, I think they need to, like, work on it just so they're, they are a threat. Even if they're not great at it, like, when you do do it, do it good enough where they're actually like, oh, shit, he can do it. Don't be some, like, fucking dude that just runs up to someone and then touches him once with your, like, middle finger and then just lets off on him because then those people you just know. The second a linebacker comes up or a corner or safety and approaches that dude, you know you're like, all right, I'm going to fuck this dude up. Like, he sucks balls at mm-hmm. blocking. I'm, I'm going to easily make this hit. But if you have someone like Travis Kelsey, you're like, shit, dude, I got to get through this dude. Same exact thing with, like, running backs. When they're bigger, like Derrick Henry or someone, like, the longer the game gets into it, you're like, fuck, I got to deal with this dude. Fuck, I got to deal with this dude. And it just keeps going on and on and on. So that's why I feel like in my eyes you really need to, like, if you don't have that blocking ability, you really need to train yourself, one, for your for your bank account so you can get paid more, and two, for your team because I think it's going to be a huge help. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, agree with you. And another thing too, like kind of what you just said is when you're covering this tight end, you're like, wow, this guy can only catch the ball. So I'm going to play the pass. And guess what? If he comes up and blocks me, I'm just going to, I'm going to be able to play that well still and still be able to make a tackle for a loss or at the line of scrimmage, this or that, you know, it's one thing when you're playing against a tight end, you're like, wow, this guy could run past me right now. He could run up, block my ass 10 yards down the field. You don't know what to do at this point. You're almost like when you're getting beat in the run game and in the pass game by the same guy, you're now lost mentally. You're like, I don't know what to do. Should I play five yards off? If I play five yards off, he's going to be able to block my ass at any point. But if I play up on him, then he's going to be able to get past me and catch the ball. It's a mind game at that point. You're like, you're lost. You feel defeated. And when the other team feels defeated, that's when you win the game. It's it's just that simple. Same thing with like running backs. Like, when you have Derrick Henry in, you know he's always going to fucking run the ball. At least, I would say nine out of the ten times, he's probably just going to run the ball. So what is their biggest like uh, downfall when they play a really good uh, run defense and then they stop Derrick Henry and then they just look like shit? Same thing with Browns. Like Once they stop that run game, they know they look like shit. But with Browns instant, they have Hunt and they have Chubb, and Chubb still can kind of catch balls as well, but like... They can they can throw in both of them if they want to in the same play. Obviously, you're going to pull away and say, like, hey, we're probably going to give it to one of these two. But, like, it's the fact that you're a threat and you can do both of it. So it's, like, the same exact deal with running backs. And I think especially with how the league is moving forward, with how offensive-driven it is, how they're protecting the quarterback, how everything's just moving through the air instead of, like, the, the ground, I think as a tight end you really need to be able to even pass block and run block, but not even just that. Like, say, like, how uh, KC has, like, plays where they'll have, like, three people out wide, and they'll have, like, Kelsey up front, and sometimes he can do, like, a uh, a slant, a five and in or something like that, and 
just catch the ball. I don't know what the fuck that was. Ryan just took a little dump, I think. <laughs> uh, but he can either do that on that play, or they can straight up just do a screen pass, pass it to one of the two behind him, and then Kelsey's just going to fucking take whoever's in front of him and toss him back like 10 yards. So, like, when you have that threat and when you have that ability to be able to block, no matter what you're blocking for, like, it is a huge threat on your on your team and on, on your team. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, versus the other team, it's a huge threat, and they're just moving down the field left and right, left and right, because you have that ability to block and also catch the ball. So I just think it's a huge thing, and anyone that overlooks it, I, I just don't know how they can overlook it in my eyes. <laughs> All right, I'm actually going to – this is probably the last question of this tight end podcast. Most o- underrated and most overrated tight end in the league right now. And you got first. Go ahead. I got first here. All right, cool. So under, right? This is a guy who I drafted in a couple of my fantasy leagues this year. I loved him. He never had a game really where he just went off. Uh, his biggest game was, what, last week. Well, two weeks ago against the Raiders, and that is Hunter Henry. Um, he's able to do a lot. He was very consistent this year, catching like five balls for 50 yards. That was like his uh, median game like every week. He, he was somewhere around there, five catches, 50 yards, maybe a touchdown every once in a while. He never really had that big 100-yard game with multiple touchdowns, anything like that. But as a tight end, he could block a little bit, and he's a pretty damn good wide rece- uh, tight end uh, receiving the ball. Um, when the Chargers had their Keenan Allen out and Mike Williams out, uh, that's when Hunter Henry stepped up and was actually able to do that. So it's nice that Hunter Henry's good enough to do all that. I think he's underrated. I don't think he's talked about the way he should be. He is still young. Um, he's, he, he came off a couple season-ending injuries too. So this is a guy who can improve, maybe get healthier. He now has an offseason that he should be healthy in. So I look for that guy to keep improving and maybe even break like a, inside of like a top five tight end list at some point, or at least I hope so. Of all time? No, of, oh, okay. of like in the league, just okay. top five, you right. know, get, get in that category. And then I'll do my overrated as well. And to me, that is Rob Gronkowski at this point. To me, he is a name at this point. He's still able to do some of what he used to, go up, catch the ball, um, run after the play a little bit. But he's slower now. He's not as big. He's not making those 50-50 balls that he used to do, things like that. So I'm going to give that to him. If it wasn't him, I'd probably look at a guy like, I don't know, let's say Hawkinson from the Lions. Uh, Very good tight end. He's able to do a lot of things. Um, People looked at him and thought he was going to be one of the better tight ends instantly as he walked in the league. And I still think he has the talent and he can – become that but at this point in his career he has uh Stafford thrown him which I still believe he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL come to Pittsburgh baby <laughs> I I hope not fuck the Steelers but <laughs> yeah he is a guy who has a bunch of talent and hasn't really lived up to it yet in my eyes he still he has big games but the problem with them is sometimes he just disappears if he's not catching touchdowns if he's not having his big plays sometimes he'll end the game with like three catches and 20 yards I want to see more consistency out of him. That's my problem with him. Uh, what do you guys got? I'm going to take over real fast. Um, my most overrated, I'm going to start here, is easily Ertz. Um, like we were talking about earlier, he can't fucking block for shit. Uh, I think he's a really down-to-earth dude. 
and definitely has the swagger in him. But I just, as a player, I think he just had so many targets and there was no fucking weapons on that Eagles team to the point where he shined and looked outstanding. And he did have a great year when they won the Super Bowl, but it's just more or less like the way people put him on a pedestal, especially not even after, like before this year, people had him like the top two of all time. And then after this year, he just completely dropped off. Um, so they, they lowered their standards a little bit more on him. But either way, I mean, I just, I, I'm not a huge fan of him. To be honest, that's going to bring me to my next thing, most underrated. I think Goddard is hugely underrated. Um, I think he can catch the ball better than Ertz, to be honest. Um, I'm not really sure about his running or his blocking abilities, but I imagine one that, it's better than uh, Ertz. Top three blocker in the league right okay, now. Okay, well, then you say that, then that it gives me even more uh, firepower to my statement that he's the most underrated because I think he's just on a shit team right now. Um, he doesn't even imagine if he got the target share as much as Ertz did on the Super Bowl year, how good he would be. Or if he was on like a team that actually had a great offense, uh, like Kel, not like Kelsey, like uh, KC, or let's say Green Bay. If he was on Green Bay, how many fucking targets he would get? How good he would do? Or even say Seahawks if he was on Seahawks. Like I think he's super underrated, and I mean it might be a little bit biased. He is from Philadelphia, so. But I just think with how much talent he has, I think he's very, very underrated. But who you got, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to go overrated first just because I love to hate this guy. Um, picked him in fantasy multiple years and was always a bomb. Uh, Jared Cook is quite honestly the most overrated <laughs> tight end in the NFL. Um, not only for whatever reason, everyone loves him, expects him to do big things. Uh, he doesn't ever really do much. There's too many other weapons on that team. I don't know. That's I don't really have much else to say besides the fact that he's yeah, I agree with you too. Uh, he gets talked up so much because he's like on the Saints, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's just going to do this stuff because he's on the Saints," and that he's just not good enough to ever do that. And then uh, my most underrated one, and this has to do with uh, definitely he's just blessed to be on a, on a really good team and have the MVP throwing the ball to him. But uh, Bobby Tanyan on the oh, Packers, uh, I agree. I picked him up late in a couple leagues. I mean, if you look at his stats, like as a whole, like he he like literally besides last week. Unfortunately, but uh, I'm gonna pull him up real quick. He had he had number three fantasy receiver this year. He has Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, but like what's impressive? I don't know much about his blocking, but in terms of like receiving, he literally like he doesn't drop the ball. He's like five for five, five for five, five for four for five, five for five, three for you know like those are the numbers, and he's catching a touchdown like every week. I mean, dude, how many touchdowns did he have? I think what do you have? Ten on the season. He he had. 10 on the season. Yeah, like that that's an awesome guy, good in the red zone obviously. You could always you love that. You're saying he's yeah. most underrated your pick? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, if, like because if I think of like underrated in the sense of like if you think of like like we thought like if you think about elite tight ends, like I I would think that people would even think of Ertz before they thought of him. Um, you know what I mean? You think you're like Andrews, right. Kittle, Kelsey, like, I don't know. I think just like someone who you wouldn't even think of would be in that upper echelon, but he was the number three. Yeah, he's not a big time man. He's, right. he's, yeah. a, he's a weird guy because honestly, he's probably overrated in the fact that he's probably not even anything good because Aaron Rodgers is throwing it to him. At the same time, he's probably <laughs> underrated because like, Nobody's has him in that conversation and he's putting up numbers and touchdowns and he probably deserves to be like a known tight end in the NFL right now because he's doing all that shit. So that's like a weird kind of 
spot. And I kind of agree that he is underrated because he's putting up the numbers. You, you need to put him there now. Yeah, I think he just needs to actually uh, be more of like a wide receiver threat as far as like going down the field. I think he he does a lot of very uh, slot passes, a lot of dink and dunks and shit like that. So, I mean, any any tight end has the upper hand when it comes to uh, the red zone. So, I mean, as much as I, I I could say he's definitely underrated, but as much as he is underrated, I just I just can't look at him as being anything other than a touchdown red target, which most tight ends are nowadays, to be honest. So, but hey, there's still not a lot of guys getting eight touchdowns in a season. You're also with there's Aaron Rodgers, like Ryan said. Be so. smart and fucking go on a good team, then. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't think you get that pa- choice. Packers are always looking for tight ends. You know, all these other good teams with quarterbacks are looking for tight ends. Go on one of those teams. Um, I actually want to go to Caleb's thing real quick, if you don't mind, you guys, um, for the over and underrated here. Um, let me start off the underrated. It's so weird, Dallas Goddard, honestly, because in Philadelphia – at least, I don't know what the media's view of Dallas Goddard is, to be honest. Um, I don't think they talk about him much, to be honest. But in Philadelphia, he is overrated. And it sucks to say because I had really high hopes, and I overrated him at one point. I thought he could be a guy who takes over Ertz's spot and maybe doesn't have as many catches because he's not as good as a, of a route runner that Zach Ertz is, but maybe make up for yardage-wise for after the catch. But... Receiving wise, right now, Goddard is maybe slightly above average as a tight end, and tight ends are not good receivers for the most part. If you look at the league average, there's usually like ten receiving tight ends that will actually do something. So Goddard has been a disappointment to me. Blocking wise, he's awesome, yes, but at this point in the NFL, I really do want a receiving tight end to be awesome. And like, I thought Goddard could be a guy who is a top five tight end in the NFL. And I think a lot of Eagles fans saw that. I don't think he's going to live up to that ever. And as for Zach Ertz, problem with Zach Ertz is he was awesome um, route running wise, but he was never fast. He was never strong. He was never this and that. So I think Zach Ertz, as he's getting a little bit older, as he's going through some injuries, I think he slowed down a little bit. And when you slow down and your, your ability is route running and you can barely create separation as you were before, now that you're losing that yard or two of separation that you could create, but now now you're no longer fast enough to get that yard or two, he's never open the way he used to be. I feel like he just doesn't have the drive anymore either. Like I feel like he just doesn't care as much well, as he did, especially there like, was the contract situation. So you're right there too, to be honest. Yeah, I just feel like Yeah, I definitely think Ertz does not care. That man got paid and uh he said three years. <laughs> well, that. he's trying he's trying to get repaid was the problem. This off season he wanted a contract okay. extension with more money. He wanted to be paid like one of the elites. And basically what I heard is Howie Rosman said, Fuck you, um you're not getting it kind of deal. And Obviously in a nicer way because the Eagles still love him. But they're like, we, we have money problems, this and that. There's no way we're paying you more money. You're getting what you deserve. And apparently, I think um, Zach Ertz and Harry Roseman got in like an arguing contest at like uh, one of the practices this year. So I think Zach Ertz has been out of it for a while. But at the same point, like this, this what, I, what you do now is depending on, even if you're not with the Eagles, how much you get paid in the future. So to just be completely out of it, it's almost hard for me to believe that he is that dumb-witted to be like, fuck it, I'll get a couple hundred yards receiving this year and someone else will pay me. Nobody else is going to pay you if you don't produce. So 
It's I just weird, think weird view. Goddard would be more valuable. Let's say, like, just compare one team. If Goddard went to Chiefs, I think you'd be more valuable than if uh, Ertz went to Chiefs. Not just because um, their catching ability or their route running. I just think um, what's his name would have a just like a, more of a demeanor to actually be there and want to play and stuff like that. Like, I think he's what is his second year now? Goddard, third, third or second? One of the two. Um, Third, so, third, third, so it's just like third, I feel like he has the drive to actually want to play and want to win and actually like be great. And I feel like Zach Ertz is just is not there anymore. I feel like he won his Super Bowl. He got paid. He wants to get paid more. He knows he has the stats to get paid more by some other team. So most likely will probably bounce from the Eagles if they're not going to get it to him. So he's just like content with his life. Like he doesn't seem like a dude that would like. Not I wouldn't say he doesn't love the game, but he just seems like a dude that like he's fine with just playing football and being just like playing football and not making the Super Bowl. But like the year he did make the Super Bowl, it, it, it was completely different. Zach Ertz. like, it looked like someone that like wanted to win week in and week out. Like he looked like the Zach Ertz that we all knew Zach Ertz, but now it's just like, I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he just looks like he does not give two fucks about anything. And if he just keeps going down that road, I think he, he's well, he, well, overrated right now compared to Goddard is um, as far as putting him on a pedestal and stuff. Yeah, it was Goddard's third year, and he has yet to go over 607 yards receiving on a year and as, as most as five yards receiving. Which but he's I a mean, backup tight end. I was going to say, yeah, he's crazy. a backup. He does play a lot of the percentage of snaps just because they put both tight ends in a lot, and Ertz was hurt for a while, and he, was, he took over that spot for a while. But... You know, overall, Goddard, I want more from you. You know, it looks like you're going to probably have that uh, number one tight end spot next year. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much about it for this week. A little bit of tight end talk. Um, we will kind of be going over the playoffs uh, picture probably after week 17 goes because there are a lot of spots that um, will be moved as far as uh, ranking-wise. Wise, placing wise, placing seating, seating wise. Um, so we'll be going over that in the next podcast and talking about uh who we think is going to make it to the Super Bowl. But all I have to say to end this tight end podcast is that the past few years there has been an elite tight end in the Super Bowl, if not multiple. Um, so I think the tight end stock stock market is just going to keep going up and up and up and up. And just look for them to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So it is my favorite position, and I just hope that they just keep shining year in and year out. And that's pretty much about it. Hey, I want to I want to go out and thank Ryan again real quick. Uh, second time on the podcast. Last we appreciate minute. you. And, uh, yeah, Ryan, if you want to throw out something, uh, you know, maybe your Twitch or something for the viewers, uh, go ahead and do that. <laughs> Yeah, dude, definitely. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, always love talking football, especially like seriously playing fantasy over the past couple of years has definitely like brought me more into like knowing people and like even being able to talk about it, which is cool. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, I play video games, guys. So if uh, you're watching this stuff, you go to uh, twitch.tv slash lawless, uh, but it's L-A-A-W-L-E-S-S. Uh, every once in a while, I'm playing video games and stuff. Two A's, two S's. Uh, you know, so I'm there. Give it a follow. I'm pretty... Trying to try to stay he's pretty, pretty active. good, guys. Up, pretty good. Right. I, I watch him every once in a while. He's I, I mean, slightly above me, I guess. And I'm, I'm pretty elite. So <laughs> I would say he's pretty, <laughs> pretty well above me. But that's it for this week. Hope you guys have a blessed week, 
and hope you guys enjoy the last week of the regular season. We will be moving on to playoffs after that. So that's all I got to say. Catch you all next week. We thank you for watching. Peace. Peace.